Boston man, so friendly, so Kevin Beggles, the Ryder Bronx, I, up there, man, in New Jersey. Coach, how are you doing? I know your team has been going through some things, but how are you and your family doing and your team as well, Coach? My family as well. You know, it's, I'm a little frustrated with everything that's going on, but at the end of the day, um, you know, our guys are quarantining. They've, they've been in it now. Uh, today is Tuesday. Today is their 13th day in quarantine. Tomorrow they get out. Um, to ask young men to stay in a room for 14 days and stay in a house for 14 days, which is, you know, that's difficult. It's difficult for any of us. And um, I know those guys can't wait to get out of being in quarantine and isolation. So, uh, but again, as, so long as they're safe, that's the most important is so long as we keep them safe. So, uh, you know, I'm like anyone else, we're, we're over this virus, but yet we need to get this vaccine out and, get people uh, back going since we can get this vaccine to people and we can get back to our new world because it's going to be different. Coach, and I don't know how you guys can even play this week, but you guys have been off two weeks and you got to worry about their, their, their health being on the court, kind of ramp them back up because that's where you can go play it hard for 40 minutes being out for two weeks like this. You know, and, and I saw where you said that you don't care about winning losses, you care about safety. And I'm, I'm with you there because – you asked for a knee, hamstring, something nagging all year long if you send them guys out there next next week and try to play a game. Yeah, we were originally supposed to play Penn State on the 25th, um, which we're not going to be – obviously, we're not going to be able to play them. Until we got a couple guys that still don't get out to the 23rd. Most get out tomorrow. Um, and it, it took us at least three weeks to get them ramped up when we started on September 24th. And so to um, it's going to be difficult. We, we, we've got Rutgers, and we're supposed to play Fairleigh Dickinson on the 28th and the 30th. I don't even think we're going to be able to play those games because it's just going to take us a little bit to get these guys back up and going, never mind the fact that we're not ready because we've only been practicing for three weeks with a group of uh, 12 new guys. And it takes a lot to teach a new group. And so um, – we're going to do a lot of a lot of teaching on the on the fly, so to speak, you know, with this entire season going on. Because obviously, we do need to play some games prior to us getting into our our conference, which begins on December 11th. Yeah, and like you probably don't have most of your stuff in. You don't probably have sets on offense, defense, nothing in, but just basic stuff that you can run. That's <laughs> so you can't yeah, play that I, way. Exactly. I, I pretty much just have our continuity offense in. We, we've got some of our defensive concepts, uh, but I don't have any baseline out of bounds, sideline out of bounds, any press attack, any press, any, you know, I don't even have my sets in other than our, like I said, our continuity offense. So it, it came at a time that, like, it was a difficult time, but I'd rather deal with it now than to get in the midst of a season and haven't played games and then you got to shut down, which – I'm not guaranteeing that won't happen either. I, I don't know how this is going to happen. I, I really don't. If they're going to shut down the entire teams once one individual or two individuals test positive, I don't see how we're going to get this off the ground, although I know the NCAA needs this to happen for all of us and all, all the Division One, Two, II, and Three institutions because we all benefit from the, you know, from the Final Four in the NCAA tournament. I just don't know if anyone really has a set plan for every institution at every level, how we're going to do this consistently for us all to follow the same protocols. And coach, this is a big, big example. Here in Georgia, we're pretty much wide open. In Jersey, 
Governor Murphy is smart. <laughs> so, so, so he got got that going to get different schools in different places with different rules and different regulations. Because right. I'm pretty sure if I was in New Jersey, I got quarantine for 14 days from Georgia. I couldn't just go right. live my life in Jersey. You, but you can fly down here, come in Atlanta Airport, do whatever you want to do, and it's all good, and go back up to Jersey. So it's like. Right. So we got yeah. different rules, different states and states and places, man. It makes for us a mess all the way around. It, it, it does. You know what's funny, Jr. We we actually have two guys on our team from Atlanta, and they were saying the same thing. He's coached back at home. Everybody's all but doing whatever they want to do and going about things as if there is no virus out here. So um, I do like what our, our governor has done here. Uh, I, I, the hard part, though, the sad part is watching people lose their businesses and things and, and people losing their jobs, which, you know, when you do shut down the way that we have, being very cautious about things, um, something has to give, you know. And so it, it's been a give or take, but yet our, our governor is doing a good job trying to save as many people as he can, and, and I understand that. And so... Um, I, I think what they're trying to do is not shut down the state of New Jersey again, but try and pull the reins back on, you know, the restaurants and um, working in, um, you know, as far as lifting and workout facilities and what have you. Um, high schools, I don't even know if they're going to have an opportunity to play at this point. Football's been going off, but um, it, it's just, it's different all the way around. When, and, and I think that's the frustrating part. When we go through the shutdown, then I'll call UConn and ask them what they're doing. They're doing something totally different because we're going to end up playing them. I'll call a friend at Marquette who they're doing something totally different. No one's doing the same thing. Some people are doing are a little more proactive with things, and some people are just saying, hey, just completely shut it down. So to me, there's a happy medium in the middle of both of those to where, you know, our guys don't lose everything that we were trying to get accomplished for those couple of weeks that we were practicing. So uh, to sit here and say I have the answers, I, I don't. I, I don't, which is the scary part about it. And the fact that uh, we've had five guys test positive, well, we still got eight more guys on the roster. Fortunately, knock on wood, our coaches have been safe. We've all tested negative up until this point. Um, but this could happen again. It could happen several times. So how do you, how do you circumvent this? How do you navigate trying to you know, figure this whole thing out? And you know, for you guys at the base level, trying to raise money for for for, for you know, got to cover all different expenses, you know. Right. And that Rutgers game is very important. Penn State game is very important to help that the, the balance the books there. And I just feel for you guys because you know, you you know, it's just like the haves and the have-nots. You know, what they're doing in Georgia right. Tech, in Georgia State, they're only doing Kennesaw and Mercer. You know, <laughs> so it's right. like, right. and we're right in the same area pretty much, right? So it's like I can see the difference of what's going on. That's about what's right here in my area. Like it's sad, man. Right. I know you're all you're all uh, up against it financially because you have to take care of non-revenue sports. Right. Not not only that, you know, with, with the fact that we don't have all of our students on campus, I think we have an enrollment of 900 of students that are on campus at this point, which we normally have 35 uh, students that live on campus, including the athletes. Um, so you take that part of it away. You take the part of it away that. Um, just a college experience. You, you, the testing is very expensive. We've been doing the saliva tests. You know, those are those are those units are 115 per unit, and you're doing that once a week. And as we get closer to the season, you're going to do it three times a week. And then the testing centers cost a lot of money. It's it's pretty expensive. And so um, you just ask yourself, 
how you can, how long can you go about doing this and not be able to bring in any, any money to help our university offset some of these expenses? And having 12 new me, young men on your roster, Coach, how was that trying to meet, learn them via Zoom and get, get them to trust you via Zoom and trying to recruit via Zoom? Because I know you ought to have a face-to-face -face relationship with a guy and get to know his family that way, but how was it via Zoom trying to integrate 12 new young men to your program where you couldn't touch them or be near them during this whole pandemic and all that stuff that's going on around us outside of the pandemic as well? Yeah, well, see, that, that's the hard part for me because I'm a relationship guy. Some coaches, maybe not as much. Uh, that's important to me. I've always said that um, in order for you to get everything out of a young man, they got to know who you are. They got to know that you love them and you, you, you want to know not only what they're doing on the basketball court, but their daily lives, their family lives, what makes them tick. Um, and that's been frustrating for me because I'm very hands-on. And to do a Zoom, that, I, I mean, it's been great, but it's not intimate. And you, yes, you can find out a lot about a young man, but Yet, when you're sitting in front of a young man in your office or sitting on the court or maybe at lunch or what have you, when you spend time with these young men and they let their guards down, um, that's the time when you're really getting to know a young man. And then team bonding is important. And so to do a Zoom, that's fine. But at some point, I mean, you're Zoomed out. They're Zoomed out. And I just don't think you can have that hands-on relationship and team bonding that uh, – that you need to, to have in order for your team to really come together. So that's been a struggle for me. It's been a struggle for our staff and uh, even our players because we do want to get to know these guys. And, and if I had last year's team, obviously I'd be a little more comfortable knowing that we've known these young men for quite a, quite a while. But um, this group here, still getting to know them, man. Still getting to know their families. And uh, I, I don't think they can come to trust you via Zoom or over Zoom. So... Uh, it's just something that, you know, we're hoping that we can get going and, and, and really try and bridge that gap to get everybody to come together and understand that, uh, you know, we still got to figure out a way to and find a way to, to, to make this happen. And I don't want to make excuses for it because we're not the only university dealing with it in basketball program. So uh, I certainly will never uh, make those excuses. But, yeah, that's important to me with the relationships. Where's this reality? Like, no, for only thing good about it is me. I, I, I can see you all. Now, I thought about being the fuck. I, I can see you all. I don't, and then for me, it's good. But for <laughs> trying to have a team, you know, it's a different story. You know, because you know, we sit right. on the phone. We're like, okay, we're good. But seeing that, see each other, talk to each other, like, like we together, that's cool. But for trying to build young men to trust each other, when you know, tough second half of a game, tough adversity, when you a computer guy can't do it, you know, he <laughs> can't do it. And not only that, I mean, you can, you can, we were able to go back and watch film with our guys and talk about, you know, some of the things that we've been preaching to them on the court that maybe they didn't see, you know, maybe not having seen enough film because that's one of the areas that we can take advantage of while we've been shut down. But for me to implement like an offense or a baseline out of bounds, I just know my guys aren't going to be able to remember things over a Zoom, you know, Most so. Definitely. This is something that needs to be repetition that, that happens on the court. And so for some coaches to say, yeah, we've, we've been able to install this or that, I'm like, as a head coach, we know our guys. We know some guys it takes longer for them to, to learn. Some guys are visual. Most guys are needing to be hands-on. And so rather than me even try and do that, it's just as soon as we can get back on the court, we're going to do it. But that's the hard part, you know. So, so – 
Uh, and, and, and it's interesting because I'm watching the NFL. They've had to do this in, in college basketball, NBA basketball. So um, it's interesting how people are using the Zoom vehicle, though. Now, Coach, for as far as your young men who, you know, this summer is real tough for them with racial stuff and justice and different kind of stuff, how would you address that with your young men who are trying to get to understand what's going on in our country so they can kind of make sense of it in their head, along with the pandemic and everything like that? Because I know for young men, what's been going on for them may be a little overwhelming. You know, I'm in my 30s, you know, so I'm used to it already. But for them in their 20s, 18-year-olds, how is that trying to teach them about the world and there's some things you have to deal with, unfortunately, being black in America? You know, it was great. And, and that is where Zoom has been great for us. Um, so first thing we needed to do is, as adults and coaches, we needed to listen to them. We needed to hear them out and, and hear what, and, and what their frustrations are. Um, I, I thought it started with that, you know, because everybody's from a different walk of life. Um, some people have had to deal with, you know, the police brutality. Some have never experienced it whatsoever. Some of our guys go to predominantly white schools. Some go to predominantly black schools. And so um, just to hear their stories and to hear their frustrations, you know, the, the, the most important thing that we could do to talk to them about what was important is letting them know, first and foremost, they have a platform. You know, use it in the right way, but understand that you have a platform. Uh, understand that people are listening and people want to listen. Um, and educate yourselves because in order for us all to talk about it, we got to be educated about it. And then we got, when we are educated, we got to go out and reach out to those that uh, don't look like us that might want to know. Some people that want to change that, uh, that have been dealing with this with me and not felt comfortable enough for them to be able to have these conversations. And so we, we, we were able to do that. But the most important thing, which I'm not only happy about our basketball team, but myself and some other folks at Ryder were very instrumental in getting our, all of our players to register to vote, whether it was the, the mail-in ballots or whether it was going physically to vote. Um, most of our athletes at the university, I would tell you all of them ended up voting um, and our players ended up voting. And so to me, the first and foremost, they have to know that they have choices and they have to know that they have a voice. And so whether you're a Republican or a Democrat, whatever way you decided you wanted to vote, you have a voice and you have the opportunity to express your, your displeasures with whatever party that you might be for, um, which I thought was great. And then we tried to educate our guys. Weekly, we talked about different things uh, and, and we brought other teams in with us. And so, we had un un uncomfortable conversations with, uh, with white people. We had them with our own folks, you know, that, that may or may not understand exactly where we want to be headed and, and, and not to make excuses or blame folks. Uh, so it, it's been great. It, it, that, that to me was uh, something that was very important to me and understanding that I had my own kids that, you know, we have these conversations, but for them to understand that uh, they have a platform and, and use it in the right way but educate yourself and make sure that we're educating folks around us that want to know. And coach, you two young men from Georgia, we have a center race down here. They had to get to vote for that as well. Send their belly belts as well down here. Cause that's uh very important for, for real. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm working at it right now myself and I'm not, 
doing interviews, uh, I'm out with grassroots right now. My second people register to vote because we got to get them out here. So they vote all December 14th here in, here in Georgia for the Senate races. So I got that on my mind too, for sure. Yeah, please do, man. Please do. Uh, you, I, I feel for your state because you're being challenged in questions about the fact that your ballots aren't. And, and, and it's just, it's, it's insane. I mean, when you lose, you lose. Whoever, if you won, fine, but you didn't win. So transition it, help the country to, um, to get on and, and, and get this COVID uh, disease addressed and get our economy back going. And so um, I just got my fingers crossed that uh, this whole political party, man, can, can rally and, and hopefully get things going, you know, so we'll see. Yeah, coach, I have asthma, so you know I'm out here in my in my in my uh hazmat gear <laughs> trying to keep your friends at the vote because I, I got asthma, man. I I don't want to take the take 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 an L, you know, because uh, I lost some friends to this virus, unfortunately, who who was right. out clubbing here in Atlanta. And you know, it sucked. Right. They was out here and I like your players told you, <laughs> they was out here wilding out, and unfortunately yeah. caught up with them. And I, I hate it for them because they're near my age in the 30s, right? So like it can happen to us all. Who, okay, what age are you? It can. And it's, and it's not fair. It's very unfair. If, if we as a country would have come together and mandated that everybody wore a mask, right, and, and wash your hands, and just that alone would have helped save half of those lives maybe. And so it's just unfortunate. It's unfortunate that um, from state to state, from governor to governor, that uh, – everybody's making decisions that's based on their state, but it should have been a nationwide uh, national thing where we all should have been on the same page, man. Because at the end of the day, you hate to see anyone lose their life to this, and especially uh, young people, you know, but anyone for that matter. So it's just unfortunate what we're going through. But um, in, in my opinion, it, I, I really believe that, uh, you know, God is saying something to us all. You know, and sending us all a message that we need to be still and we need to listen and we need to reevaluate ourselves. And that, that's just my, my own religious beliefs. But, uh, you know, so I, I, I've had to take time out to evaluate myself and, and where I am and my Christianity and my life. And um, I, I just think that's the message that uh, has come to me. Coach, you told me off air you're a Vikings fan. You got a big win last night against the Bears. You got a yeah, I stood in Dalvin Cook, man. I, I like that brother. And Jefferson, a good brother too, man. So tell us about your Vikings, one and five, now the four and five. I, I wish y'all beat the Falcons. That would make me happy if y'all beat the Falcons. <laughs> but y'all did beat the Falcons, but you're one and five now. So <laughs> you glad you you're four and five. So tell us about the rebound you've been seeing, man, for, for your team. So you know what I, I always tell people is, is even with what we're dealing with, man. It's, it's funny how you can kind of um, pair yourself up with what the NFL. Those, those guys didn't nearly go through the normal ATAs that they're used to or accustomed to going through uh, in the summertime, just as we would have been on campus in the summer, getting ready and prepared for this uh, this up and coming season. And so they've had it. They've transitioned into a, a on the defensive side out of new. Uh, players, they've had they had you know a, a unbelievable draft. Uh, got rid of a lot of professionals and all pros, um, and so anytime you have a transition with a lot of uh, you know whatever your starters that they had for a long time, and and they're up against the cap as far as money is concerned, and so you know they'd like to bring everybody back, but obviously guys are getting older, and financially they just couldn't afford it being up against the cap and knowing that you got to pay a guy like Dalvin Cook, who's dynamic, 
uh, and, and unbelievable. So uh, they had to let some guys go. And then some of the rookies, it just took time for these guys to come in and learn a Mike Zimmer defense that, um, you know, it, they say it normally takes about two years for guys to feel comfortable playing in his defense and, and all the different schemes. So they've had to, to, to scheme back on it to, you know, to help these rookies to, to, to learn and understand. And, again, they're learning on the fly as well. So, but give him and his, his staff credit that they've been able to do this on the fly and they've been able to get better. And from week to week, you can see it. I, I think they laid an egg in the Atlanta game because I still think early on they were getting used to the fact that no one had fans. And so, have you ever been to a – I don't know if you've ever been to a Viking game. I know the Raider games are crazy. I have. A Viking game indoor, man, the, the way that crowd gets after it and, and the energy that we feed to that team, you know, to not have that, you know, and, and to have to bring your own energy, I, I, I thought it was a wake-up call for those guys to get used to. And even one of the players commented on that. Uh, I think Jefferson commented on it last night and uh, – you know, then you lose a Diggs. I mean, you see what Stephon Diggs is doing. He's bleeding the NFL and, and receiving. But, you know, give the Vikings, again, credit for drafting a guy like Jefferson who's coming in. And, uh, I mean, outside of Randy Moss, the impact that he's made on this team has been significant. So we've been able to start to come together as a team. And uh, I, I'm now going through text messages with my friends now because they were giving me a hard time early, man. I got some I got some tough friends on my so, – that they can't wait to tell me how bad my team is. So now I'm going back and I'm grabbing that back from saying, you know, we're going to have a chance to make the playoffs, man, if we can continue to build on uh, what we've been doing of late. Yeah, you got the Dallas Cowboys, but that's Mike McCarthy. Yeah, that's that, that, that's, 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 like, that's normal. You play them twice a year in Green Bay. You saw how that went film. So, hey, Andy Dalton, come on, man. Hey, hey. Right, right, right. Yeah, going to tear him up. <laughs> Yeah, and you know what, man? That's where I hope Jerry Jones has learned his lesson. Like, Dak was important, man. You know, if you haven't learned anything at all, those quarterbacks that uh, that y'all have, the backups and that we have, and, and I know Kirk Cousins make a lot of money, and some people love him, some people don't. But it's all about that quarterback, man. And, and Dak deserves to get paid, man, because he, he's, he's a difference maker, you know, not only on their team but in the NFL. So if they don't want him. There's, there's there's plenty of teams out here that will pay him the monies that he's asking for. So hopefully Jerry wakes up to pay them. But, uh, you know, I, I certainly hope we can beat them this week. And Andy Dalton's not bad, but he's not he's not Dak. So we'll see. Well, you know what, Coach? Dak reminds me when Tony Romo was there. No, when Romo kind of covered up all their little holes and all that roster. Romo, yeah. they thought Romo this, Romo. He catch all eight and eight with, with nothing around him. So right. – <laughs> So it reminds me back when Romo was there. Right, right. And, and that's where, you know, again, he, he's he's a top five, top ten quarterback, man. You're asking him to do a lot, you know, not just on the field but off the field and and, and what he means to that team and, and, and how he's a role model for that team. That, that's important. And, and sometimes, it's, you know, people get caught up into the money of it. But, like, that man, he, he's, he's everything that, uh, you know, that – a cowboy will want to represent their franchise, so pay them. Because those guys come few and far between, man. We know as coaches that you're not always going to be blessed with talent like that. Modell, Coach, I'll be cheering for you all against the Cowboys because uh, their, their <laughs> fans make me sick. <laughs> yeah. So-called America's team. No more, man. They're no longer America's team. Yeah. America's garbage team. <laughs> yeah. I'm loving it, man. I'm loving it. <laughs> 
<laughs> you get out there, right? Coach Bag is good to get catch up with you, buddy. I got to do this again real soon. Are oh, you praying for your team and your, and your, and your players, man? If they all come out good and you get some games in here before this conference play starts, man. I'll be praying for you guys up there, man. I'll be praying for you, and always a pleasure to be on your show. Look forward to doing it again next year, man. Be safe. Yes, and, sir. Uh, God bless. Yes, folks. Kevin Bacon on the, on the Bible Show, people. Thank you. Check him out. The Ryder Bronx. Check those guys out, man. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.